Time to get radioactive for Tuesday, December 6th. I'm Laura Jones, and in the studio, Brian Higgins of Create Real Change. Thanks for being here. Hey, hey, hey. So we are having our December creativity showcase tonight. Time to take our minds off the news cycle, although maybe in the radioactive report, I'm going to have to talk about Air Force One and the price tag, but we'll see. Yep. So you like to bring creatives together to talk about how they do what they do and how it impacts our community, our neighborhoods. Yeah, exactly. You know, I just love getting out there and seeing who's around, you know, and, and, you know, uh, creating community through creative communication. And that means, you know, comedy, uh, film, music, just just whatever floats people's boat. And a little special uh, Krampus tonight, I think. Well, that's a spoiler. Oh, did well, I Maybe an extra it? special guest. Oh. You know, and, you know, I think is there there is a chimney in, in the studio. Is there? Well, that I may have, be why he's having trouble I'm, getting here. I'm afraid of the upgrades <laughs> that might be necessary if that happens. But we have uh, comedian Christopher Stevenson, also your your buddy Antonio Lexero. Indeed. And that's the film quadrant, I guess, tonight. Yep. And then uh, live music that we're going to use to start off the show. Of course, after we do this first song, we want to hear from you folks. 1-800-359-9191 about the creative uh, things that you would like to shout out to in the community. If you've got a filmmaker, a comedian, or or a musician that you'd like to say, hey, give some acknowledgement to. That's part of what we want to do on the showcase, too. But we're going to start with the bookends. And you have a special intro you write for folks. And uh, we've got Rick Gerber and Jillian Chase in studio. Thanks for being here, guys. Always good to be here. Thanks for having us. Now, if you haven't heard what Brian does, he writes a special intro for every one of his creative creativity showcase guests. Yes, I Take do. it away. Okay. So there are great moments in a relationship, the beginning and the end. One offers sweet embrace while the other offers sweet freedom. The bookends explore the latter with such beauty that we may all yearn for heartbreak. Ooh. And now you get to follow that. So <laughs> what's your first number going to be, guys? This is our song called Ash Again. Ash Again. It's the bookends live on 90.9 KRCL. Brothers, kill 
a train wreck I'm an underdog The way you trust my hair is a lie Like the way I stumble Through this life Right or wrong, somehow I get along I'm a fool for the way you smile Tear it down. I'm fanning the fire and I'm fading fast. The flames that burn the brightest they never last. Fear I will burn out, steer by the wind. I fear I will burn out, become mash again. By the wind, still by everything, here I go again. Still by the wind, almost anything knocks me down again. I'm fanning the fire, but I'm fading first. The flames that burn the brightest, they never last. Fear I will burn out. By the wind, I feel I will burn up, become ash again. Become ash again. Time for the radioactive report. I'm Laura Jones in studio tonight with Brian Higgins for our December showcase of creativity with Brian from Create Real Change, which we need to remind folks about what you do. You huggle the struggle. Sorry, Huggle the Struggle. With uh, Create Real Change, R-E-E-L. Indeed. Create Real Change is a, a nonprofit that I started that helps people. It's all about creativity and mental health, you know, helping people express themselves through through different forms, you know, because there's so much stigma attached to mental health these days that people really don't want to uh, get involved with it. But if we can help find ways to tell our stories in more communicative ways, it, it helps us all get hugs. We talked last night with Dr. Dave and Juliana Serena of The Bee and mm-hmm. uh, Moontime Rising, a bit about the times that we're in right now, as well as the time of the season we're in right now. It's so dark, so early. It's it's really sometimes hard for myself, yep. other folks, to, to deal with just the what the impact of the lack of light does. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're hoping that with these creativity showcases, we also provide people a pick-me-up. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things we wanted to do in the Radioactive Report is highlight different folks doing different things to address issues in the community. And we have from Rock and Roll Camp for Girls, SLC board member Rachel Peterson is here. Hello. Hey, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, I was reading that you guys have a, a, a gig for the girls coming up Thursday night. We do. There's a gig coming up. So this Thursday... Um, You can find it on Facebook, SLC Rock and Roll Camp for Girls. It's an all-ages fundraiser, and we're excited because we have a couple of the bands that formed at camp that are going to play there. They're still together? Yeah, Gotham (laughs) Squad and Flux Tiger, two bands that formed at camp. They're awesome. Um, And then there's another band with some girls from camp. 
a new one. Yeah. So they're already like, hey, let's we can break up and get another one together. It seemed like a lot of energy came out of camp, and that's that's part of the excitement. And we're trying to help them find gigs and uh, helping to create opportunities for girls to continue to play music. And it's more than just about making music. It's what happens when you get in that confidence from making music. Absolutely, yeah. I volunteered all week at Rock Camp this summer, and I think the music is, is the passion that we all share. Um, but really what I saw happen was female empowerment for everyone, for volunteers, for girls of all ages. So we have 8 to 18. That's a a broad range, but it's just women supporting and empowering each other. It was pretty magical. The class that you taught was Punk Rock 101. I did, yes. So that's that's pretty much what you get when you put young kids into a room with with, uh, instruments is punk rock. Chaos, right? (laughs) Any musician can play punk. That's why I like it. It's very accessible. Um, But it was something that really was meaningful to me when I was that age and that helped me through a lot. And I really, it meant a lot to me that I could share that with a different generation. What song did you send them home with that their parents were like, oh, Rachel? We did a lot of songs. um, But what we ended on was, um, what was it? We had we had a lot of good ones, um, but there are a lot of female musicians that we were playing. Yeah. So, of course, we talked about Patti Smith. and um, She's on Democracy Now!, by the way, next hour yeah. for their 20th anniversary. She's got a song that she's doing in particular, I think, um, for, that, for the victims of that fire yeah. in Oakland. So stick around for that next hour. But Jeez. yeah, Patti Smith, a punk icon. Yeah, so Debbie Harry, obviously all of those ones. Um, but we, we went back in camp itself to things like old blues and all these female artists that we might not have exposure to. Get a little education so, going on Some there. from all different decades. Yeah. Yeah. So Rock and Roll Camp for Girls, uh, again, Thursday night at? At Kilby Court. What time does it start? 7 o'clock to 10 p.m. And you can get ticket info on this Facebook page. We'll yeah, put a link so to search it. on Facebook for SLC Rock and Roll Camp for Girls All Ages Fundraiser. That's how you'll find the event. I think we need to get some of these uh, bands, should they yeah. survive past Christmas, <laughs> to come in and play. Oh, they will survive, uh, with, and you definitely should. With Al the Punk Rock Farmer on Friday nights. We'd love to get some of those bands on throughout this next Please. year to keep the excitement going for next summer's uh, camp. Yes. All right. Rachel, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. And I do want to, before you go, to talk about this cool thing you do, a nonprofit for homeless youth. Tell us a little bit oh, about what that you. is, what it's yeah. called, and how people can get info. Um, I'm the director of the Continuum of Care for LGBTQ Youth. Um, it's a nonprofit. We do a lot of things. Um, a lot of them are around homelessness and suicide prevention. You can find us at lgbtqyouth.org. Wonderful. Rachel, I'm so glad we got to meet. I'm so glad that uh, Hillary wasn't able to come in tonight and she sent you instead. So please come back <laughs> I'm with glad bands, too. Right? This is awesome. Thank punk, you so much. I think we should do Punk Rock 101 on the air with the girls. Let's do it. The... Let's get a group together. Okay. Done. Yeah. Emily, write that down. We're going to make that happen. All right. Rachel's yeah. taken off. Uh, before we wrap the radioactive report, Brian, is there a story that's been on your mind the last couple of days? Uh, good, bad, indifferent? Anything you want to highlight? That's what the radioactive um, report is here well. for. Well, because we are at the start of the holiday season, you know, uh, it depends when you think about the start, whether it's Thanksgiving or whatever, but, you know, we're, we're just in the start of Christmas time, and uh, we all know that the, the holidays can be hard for, for families and friends, and I created a thing called Dark Christmas Festival Yeah. that uh, showcases, you know, the, the darker side of Christmas because, you know, those are the more fun things, you know, like gremlins and uh, having fights with your family. You know, I always like to say... Those are the fun things. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what people, you know, I, I always thought when I when I go home for Christmas or go home for the holidays, you're all excited and you're driving and you're, oh, I'm going to see my family. And then you walk in through the door and you go, 
are you guys? <laughs> you know, so reindeer so, games are really different when you're a kid and when you're a grown up, right? Yeah. You know. Um, so, Dark Christmas Film Festival is next Tuesday. You know, we can all come to the Broadway and, and just celebrate in the darkness of the, the holiday season and hopefully <laughs> bring some light into your life. So, It's a Wonderful Life is not the film you turn to this time of year? Well, I always think It's a Wonderful Life is one of the darkest films because it's, really, it it's, it's about suicide. It is really yeah. dark. And I did remake It's a Wonderful Life, question mark, uh, <laughs> a couple of years ago. <laughs> And uh, that will be playing next next Tuesday as well at the Broadway. So, All right. Well, um, I did want to bring up one political thing. Go ahead. So apparently the new Air Force One is going to cost like $4 billion. And Trump's like, what? Cancel that order. And okay, I'm okay with that right there. But then Boeing stock takes a tumble because the president said cancel that order. Yep. So I don't know what to do with all that. But I just thought I'd put it out there. Okay. <laughs> 1-800-359-9191. Do you have thoughts on Air Force One? It's been 20 years since it was updated. It's a flying White House. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, Don't you think it should at least be buy one, get one free, like BOGO at Payless or something? Well, they can that? all just get go first class. No, <laughs> fly first class everywhere. Oh, wait. Who's who's yammering? Rick Gerber. Pull over a mic there, Rick, from the bookends. What did you say? Well, Private parties on the jet. Private parties? Buy the thing and that, then sell tickets, you know, pre-sell tickets. So you make the money much. back? Yeah. Make the $4 billion back. I'll yeah. party on Air Force One. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what they'll do now with the with the concert tickets. You can pay extra to meet the band. There you go. Yeah. All so. access, backstage pass. We <laughs> could do this show on Air Force One as yes. long as we could cover the freight. Trump the ultimate rock star. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Coming up, we are going to convene our creativity showcase panel. So don't go anywhere. We're going to get another live tune, though, right now from the bookend. So, uh, Emily, help me out and swing some mics around to Rick Gerber and uh, Jillian Chase. Thanks so much for being here. Where do you guys come from? Where do you hail from? We have a joke that we're from Tokyo, Utah, a small <laughs> island in the middle of the Great Salt Lake. But <laughs> we're, really, we're from right here. <laughs> it's sank, so now we live in Salt Lake City. Awesome. <laughs> How long have you been together and playing? It's actually a pretty recent project we got together when i was singing um some backup vocals for uh his other band what's bad that feather. what was that bad feather bad feather yeah got i was it. singing backup vocals for them and we got together to practice and that was only in let's see that must have been february mm. february march yeah. something like that yeah and when we were done practicing we started um rick started strumming a guitar and singing a line and then i would sing the response to that line so we had this idea let's write some call and response songs and the first one we wrote that day that we first met each other and, and that's the next one we're going to play right now actually. what's it called it's called static bookends live on 90.9 krcl
trying to recall your favorite color Can you even remember your mother? And I can't remember her favorite song But baby, I sang it for you I can't seem to remember the best parts And you're a soulful man You can't remember without your heart I fear, baby, we're falling apart And once we were lovers in the dark I can't hear through the static Like an AM station We're just two different channels Lost in translation Try to remember the color of your eyes Don't kid yourself, you never could You never tried I'm sorry that I burnt supper for you Don't you know dinner should be for two Which was it she loved? Coffee or tea? Coffee at night And tea in the morning Can a devil and an angel ever find love? Well, it comes from below And I come from above My favorite constellation Is her starry sign It's too bad you're asleep At the beginning in a film I cannot recall her favorite line We're like Woody and Diane step out of time I can't remember the best part And you're a soulful man You can't remember without your heart I fear baby we're falling apart Can't hear through the static Maybe, baby, I've had it Like an AM station We're just two different channels Lost in translation Seems that I'm alone to get low When I stand by you They stop the ride I want to get off I'm alone when I'm with Ooh, you I drove for miles and miles in the fall Alone with or without Seems that I'm alone Seems that I'm alone Alone to get low When I stand alone, by you alone, alone. 
There's two different channels lost in translation. Creativity showcase just what you need as you're heading toward the winter solstice, the darkest time of the year. You need a little glimmer of hope, Brian. Indeed we do. But most of the times we just get a lump of coal. <laughs> so. All right, let's discuss that, shall we? Indeed. Let's do your intros. So, yes. So, uh, we have the wonderful comedian, um, Christopher Stevenson. So, Christopher. Thank you for having me. A pillar of the comedy community in Salt Lake and a master of weaving jokes, humor, and life commentary through long-form yarns that entertain as much as they ed- educate when unraveled. Well, thank you. I like the long form. I tend to ramble. That's my, that's like my no, well, forte. I, I, love, I love your storytelling. You know, there's always like, there's, you've got the through line and... and no, I, I've been told by a lot of uh, fellow comedians, I need to, to wrap it up. Uh, like, They're in the back I, of the room heckling you by doing the like, universal I, sign for I, wrap it up. When, when you go to like open mics and stuff and you're trying out new material, you get a very small amount of time. But I, my, I just... I just like to tell stories. So and telling you three to longer. five minutes and you've got like an I know, opus, that, the odyssey. The word three to five minutes gives me <laughs> one joke. A lot of anxiety. <laughs> no, not even that. Just like, like the pre-setup. Gives, just the, this, like, hey, you have three to five. I start panicking because I'm like, what am I chopping out? Like, you start with what you're chopping out mm-hmm. and it's hard to get in and start it. And I've actually done open mics before where like there'll be a couple open mics in one night and I'll do the first half of a joke at one open mic and I'll do the second half of the joke. <laughs> Stick around at for the, the second other, show, folks. Yeah, like, get the rest to, of the show. Just to try to like see where it's going, like when I'm trying it out. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, it's yeah. Thank you. That's that was oh. that was very thoughtful. If you have a question about stand up comedy and if it's right for you, I don't <laughs> know if Christopher can tell you that, but one eight hundred three five nine ninety one ninety one. It's it's not right for you. <laughs> I don't know if stand up was ever entailed to be right for anyone. Well then how did you get into it? Honestly, it's odd because I came from I mean, and this was just like in high school and stuff, but I came from like an improv background. And I always felt like I was like I was I definitely have always been I feel like I'm funny, like, but it's been like movie quotes or me be, being funny, like off the cuff. Yeah. And I knew what stand up was. I, I You're wasn't smart, Alex. I wasn't, yeah, exactly. Like, I would say the wrong thing at the wrong time and hopefully people would laugh. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I got into it, uh, literally by a dare. I had friends that were like, you need to do stand up, you need to do stand up, you should do this open mic. And so I was like, okay, I will try stand up. I know it's not for me. Like I'm the, I, I'm like a. You funny, go into it trying like to talk funny, yourself yeah, out of it. I'm like a funny guy at a party, but I told <laughs> I had three friends, and I was like, you each pay me ten bucks, I'll go do this open mic. Oh, <laughs> it was you pay me, I'll play. Exactly. Yeah. So I got my thirty bucks, and I thought I was done. Jokes on them. Uh, but the uh the one of the, the the guy that was organizing the open mic that night asked me to come and open for one of the weekend. We got a promotion for, for right like away. A, yeah. So like they asked me to open up and I was like, yeah, sure. And then I just kind of slowly fell in love with stand up. Like I just, I can't not do it now. Like exactly. it's, it's, it's definitely part of who I am now. Well, it's such an addiction, you know, once it, you get it totally there. is. But the, I, I, I love you know, when I first came across you, you know, about five years ago, mm-hmm. um, when I started coming around the clubs, and I just like love your storytelling, you know, and um, we can get into that aspect. But I just remembered last year, about this time last year, 
when we did the storytelling yeah, yeah, yeah. competition yeah. and you were the cat in the mm-hmm. Christmas tree. I, you know, I, looking from a totally we different d- we aspect. Did this, of- uh, uh, Brian and I did this uh, storytelling competition uh, and the story had to revolve around your worst holiday ever. You know and you're going to have to share the story. Exactly. So we well, we only I, have I kinda, well, three to five minutes. Uh, basically, <laughs> I've, I've been very lucky. I've always had some fairly good holidays. So I was having a hard time coming up with like my worst holiday ever. But about a year prior to the storytelling competition that we got signed up for, um, I had bought or we had we had adop- we adopted a cat. And uh, right when we adopted that cat within months, we were like setting up a Christmas tree. And like that has to be just like the hardest drug for a cat is like a Christmas tree with all the ornaments on it tinsel. and like tinsel and sparkly things. Things are moving around everywhere. There's lights twinkling. And so I I told a story from the view of this cat we adopted um, that used to get yelled at all the time for playing in the Christmas tree. Before you got it or you started yelling at it after you got it? I always yell at the cats. Like, who else? (laughs) What's this poor poor cat's name? His name's Gary. So what was was Gary's perspective from inside the Christmas tree? Um, Basically, I don't know. Like, he would climb up in the Christmas tree. Like, I I made myself out to be a hero at first because we adopted the the little guy. And then uh, he gets home and realizes that he can poop in a box and the poop just disappears. And that's cool. And then he can... uh, The food's always ready to go. The food never is gone. He doesn't have to deal with, like, a bazillion other cats in the in the foster home anymore. It's cat heaven. So he's sitting here. He's the only cat. He's got food. He's got a magic box that he can poop in and it just goes away. And then all of a sudden when he thinks he can't, it can't get any better. Uh, they bring in a tree. They brought in a tree in the house and, uh, now there's, they're just hanging sparkly ornaments and, and lights all over it. And I'm going to climb up this thing. And then he gets sprayed in the face with a water bottle <laughs> and the, the, like that, that noise has got to be. It has Christmas vacation written mm-hmm. all over it, doesn't it? Does this cat yeah. survive? Is Gary still alive today? Gary's still alive. He's doing well. But does and he have a new tree? He uh, he gets the same tree every year. We <laughs> has <laughs> he learned his lesson though? No, no, not at all. <laughs> Neither we we bought him a counterpart. He also he now has a friend, another friend, cat Phil, uh, Kevin, Kevin. Uh, so I have Kevin <laughs> and Gary. <laughs> oh, awesome. So I want to bring in uh, your other guest here so we can get a little cross talk yes. going. Uh, we have Antonio Lexero, who's a wonderful filmmaker that, uh, again, I met when I first came to Utah seven years ago and I started doing the 48-hour film festival. And, and Antonio has always come through and, and made films. I, I uh, He is one of my good friends, so I, I give him compliments all the time, so I don't need to compliment him live on air. But uh, <laughs> no, he ahead. also – he also so, has been possessed in the last couple of weeks with the Christmas demon Krampus. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I, I, I wrote a little intro about about Krampus. So, and then and then Antonio can tell us all out there who doesn't know anything about sure, you bet. Krampus. So, oh Krampus, Krampus, Krampus! I'm glad you exist for us. In this day and age, it's better to learn through fear rather than rewards. Ooh, very political. <laughs> See, I knew we'd get a tie to what I was talking about with Trump. Okay, <laughs> Antonio. Yeah, Krampus. Is Krampus got a different overtone this year, perhaps, than in others? Well, I, I've uh, this is my third year doing uh, Krampus, and um, the only two times I've done it was for the Dark Christmas Festival. And 
uh, I started putting together a, an, an outfit that I thought was, well, I wanted one that was more classy, had a lot more me in it. Yeah. And um, I was successful this year. You brought something terrifying, so you got to <laughs> Facebook that. What did you bring? Well, it's uh, actually there's photos all over Facebook because yesterday was Krampus knocked. No. And uh, I did two events yesterday. Uh, one is uh, what's Krampus on Ice. Uh huh. And so I went ice skating, and uh, a lot of little kids come around. And <laughs> they weren't terrified of you. Well, the, here's a, I have an interesting. I've seen them terrified of Darth Vader that. walking through a crowd. So Krampus with the horns coming out of the head. And... Well, he can be very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have kind of an interesting take on Krampus. Okay. I see him kind of as like a dad figure. The he, grumpy dad. The tough Perhaps love. Gary's tough love. dad. <laughs> Gary the cat's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Like Santa, he gets all the credit. He gets the he's he's like mom. He he just gives treats and and everything. And then mom, uh, dad is the one that has to do the discipline. And uh, just because he enjoys it does not mean <laughs> <laughs> that he's not a teacher at heart. You know, um, the uh, the recent movie that came out last year. Oh. I just I just watched it. I DVR'd it. Don't tell me how it ends. Well, I won't. But they actually treat the uh, mythology pretty well, I think. And it pushes that. That's where I got that idea. You know, here we go. The tough love. St. Nicholas is not coming this year. Instead, a much darker ancient spirit. Those are hooves. Elk or goat? kind of goat walks on its hind legs? His name is Krampus. He and his helpers did not come to give, but to take. He is the shadow of St. Nicholas. The shadow of St. Nicholas. All right, Emily Means is Facebooking live from the radioactive page, so you can see Antonio Alexero in his uh, Krampus outfit. So that movie... It's it's part horror, part comedy, and is that kind of the Krampus thing too? Well, actually, I thought that show was really mostly horror, but uh, <laughs> um, at the end, well, the end. I Are think you that's. Tell me how it I'm ends? not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you the end. I'm not gonna tell you the end. But when you see the end, I think you will see where I got that kind of like a like that teacher moment, ah. uh, tough love teacher moment mm-hmm. idea. It's kind of like on Buffy or Angel, right? The the comedy horror the aspect of it. The, yeah, is yeah. that what you're going for? Yeah. Okay. Now, like I, I like to dress up. Um, I had another big, giant, eight foot tall monster that I would walk around on stilts, and I would go to um, Halloween festivals and whatnot. And uh, then there's Krampus again, and and little kids, you'd think they're terrified and they're, they're scared. Last night they weren't. Mostly they were uh, exhilarated. Like what's that? And I'm not trying to scare them. Ah, that's and not part of the shtick. No, I, I I am there to look scary, but interact in a nice way. There's plenty of monsters out there. I don't need to be another one for them. Yeah, and they don't need to be afraid of non not real monsters. So, what is your Krampus time message for the kids? <laughs> be good, and you'll never have to see me again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. There's no need to like say, "Oh, be good," and you get a present. Yeah. Like, be good, so you don't get punished. So you don't get cold. So yeah, you, and don't yeah. get whipped with your mm-hmm. on your feet. Oh, okay. Are you Facebooking live that? Did you? Okay, she's going to Facebook it live because I think there is power in the motion of Krampus going on over here, Brian. Indeed. And just remember if you want to meet Krampus in person, he will be at the Broadway next 
next Tuesday, 7 o'clock, for the Dark Christmas Film Festival. He will build it, be there with bells on. Mm-hmm. So, okay, creativity <laughs> showcase. We want to we want to kind of pick the brains here of our panel. We've got Christopher, St- Christopher Stevenson, uh, the comedian. We also have filmmaker and Krampus expert Antonio Electro, <laughs> and musicians Rick Gerber and Jillian Chase from the Bookends. Please chime in, folks, uh, on this because I, I want to talk about it. You guys have all chosen a very specific niche in terms of creativity that you're pursuing here in Salt Lake and. I, I kind of want to discuss that. I don't want to explain the joke, so to speak, but I'm curious, like with Christopher, that first time you got on stage, someone had to pay you 30 bucks to do it. Well, three uh, people yeah. paid me $10 Ten each. Bucks. She got, <laughs> so it was split. It was it, like a like a pyramid scheme almost. It was a job comedy. It was a job program for yeah. you, let's face it. Um, but then you get on stage, and how long before you got that first laugh? And what Honestly, was that like? like it, and like this sounds kind of arrogant, um, but it, it's okay, Gary will humble humble you when you get <laughs> maybe, home. Maybe, yeah, but like honestly, like the first time I did it, it didn't go horrible. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a horrible experience. I I got asked to come back to open for a weekend, and it, that was very like I guess maybe humbling for me. But um, I I've always had that niche. I was I was uh, picked on and uh, kind of uh, bullied in high school. And junior high, and humor was always my way out of those moments. Your equalizer so, exactly. under the so, social code, and, and it was definitely a self defense mechanism. So humor to me has never really been a challenge. Uh, Stand up has definitely challenged me uh, to the point where if I want to get a point across, I have to make the audience see it the exact same way that I'm viewing it. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Otherwise, I'm losing them. So, Antonio, did you have any sort of motivation for going into film, being an actor, creating Krampus uh, the way Christopher had for going into comedy? Well, I, since I could talk, I was a storyteller. I, lo- I love to communicate in fantasy and um, express my, my dreams and my fears in a way that um, the, the world can, can kind of see my point of view, but at a safe distance. Ah, so you can interact but have control. Yeah, exactly. There you go, control freak. I knew it. Krampus, <laughs> Krampus is a control freak. So, um, talk to me a little bit more about storytelling because you know I I had a, uh, a mom and dad who were big on that when I was a kid, but they didn't just tell me you know the mother goose stories. They mm-hmm. told me the mother the the brothers Grimm stories as mm-hmm. well. Uh, that's a heady cocktail right there. When you get to <laughs> the real ones, right? Mm-hmm. Just like you're saying, Krampus is based on a little bit more. Yeah, it's a, cultural it, folklore. Yeah, it's well, Krampus. Um, if if you listen to the witches, is uh, like the horned god, and then in comes Saint Nicholas, and Krampus now has chains because the Catholic Church doesn't want the horned ah, god running. It's around. like the switch from Bacchus to Saint Nicholas. Exactly. Okay. Well, he's he's kind of bound to him, bound to him. So he's like, well, all the pagans that we're now we got them under control. And they're going to do our dirty work for us. <laughs> so Krampus is the pagan doing uh-huh. St. Nicholas's dirty work. Yeah, basically. So when he drops the, when St. Nicholas drops the coal in a stocking, that's actually probably like GPS for Krampus to come and check out the house. Well, uh, that's kind of like an Americanized sort of a thing for, or, or there's regional, there's all kinds of different traditions. But uh, the one tradition is St. Is Saint, Saint Nick only gives out good stuff. And they go together mm. to the house. So they show up together. And, and it's the scales, the uh-huh. scales of justice. So they just are, are both checking out the list, and uh, which which one are your, is your name on? 
Are you gonna get a? Are you gonna cold, get cold? You're gonna get a spank? You gonna get thrown in the basket and carried away? Who knows? At this stage of the game, Brian, I really don't know where I am on the list. Do you? <laughs> well, it'll you'll find out soon enough. One eight hundred three five nine ninety one ninety one. If you want to join our conversation, just open up the phone lines there. Um, if you have a question for our panelists or perhaps a creative tradition this time of year, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we've got the bookends with us too, Rick Gerber and Jillian Chase. Swing that mic over there, Krampus, because I want to I want to ask Rick about. He's got a, a mando and he uh, plays guitar, and it looks like Jillian's going to take over the guitar, and they both sing. So I'm curious where the the impulse to create, uh, in your case, music. Pull that mic up so we um, can get you nice and actually. Close. I you know music for me came from film and comedy. Yeah. You know, early on as I can remember, I was inspired by music on film and comedies and so I, I think just all art comes full circle and I don't think one survives without the other and uh, I think that I'm best at at, um, at you know playing music I actually have been a storyteller myself and I've used this as an anchor and as an outlet to tell the story but I always wanted to be a filmmaker and I always wanted to draw, to draw comic books and I always thought I was funny but I mean I'll only tell you that probably but, <laughs> so, but I mean it, it, in a nutshell I think that, that all these these forms of art, they all run together and they all create something greater and uh, they make people happy and they make people, um, you know, celebrate life and realize that there's more to life than just, you know, working and, you know, um, those are all parts also. But I think that music and art and film and comedy are just are at the apex of what the human condition really is. So what are we going to hear now? Uh, this is a song called Songbird and... Uh, uh, we wrote this on the patio. Mm -hmm. uh, we were trying to think of a segue song for our album, and so I think this one's going to be it. So, All right. This the book ends live on 90.9 KRCL. song 
Goodbye, songbird. So long. You flew through my calendar. We're back on Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones in studio with Brian Higgins of Create Real Change with our December Creativity Showcase. And joining us in studio, we also have filmmaker and Krampus expert Antonio Lexero, comedian Christopher Stevenson, and the bookends Jillian Chase and uh, Rick Gerber in studio. We have just about five or six minutes. We're going to get another song, and then you have a special ender, Brian. I do indeed. So, uh, you know, what, what for you is the common thread when you bring folks in? What do you want to bring um, well, uh, I will. I will give a brief story of how I came across um, Rick and Jillian. I was sitting at Nostalgia yes. Coffee, um, just sitting on the patio aspect, just watching the day go by, and and uh, the two lovely people over here were sitting, strumming away, and having a little meeting, and and it was sort of like, you know, like the old cartoons when when they put the pie on the windowsill, and then you sort of the 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 smell wafts, and then you sort of float towards them to see and and so their their musical tones was like a, a pie on the windowsill that, that, that drew me in and there you go and i'm one pie yeah and i came over and i i said hello and and we've done a good few shows now together it's yeah. it's just wonderful and and i think that's what's beautiful about you know just people out there expressing themselves yeah you know there's there's certain people in the world that just can't do anything else you know they just have to so well here's a question for everybody on the panel because um uh, even for Krampus, all of you need to interact with people to do what you do, to just do it in the, in, you can just do it in your, in your bathroom to the mirror with a hairbrush in your hand if you want, but to really make an impact to see if it travels, if it's got legs, you got to go out there and, and pl- do what you do with people. Christopher, how, how's the heckling? Uh, how, you've been doing I, this for 14 years. Is that part of your I shtick? oddly love hecklers. Like, hecklers I, I, I've always had a good rap with I mean, not on their end, but <laughs> I've, I've been told by many fellow comedians that I handle hecklers with prestige. What's your best comeback? Uh, I told some lady that her bangs told me that she didn't matter. And that's <laughs> very oh, sad. That was very personal. But they were very paper towel rollish. Oh, which uh, I'm not really sure. She, what to do. How I don't I, know. I Emily, don't know how, how are bangs? Are bangs okay? <laughs> I don't. I don't hate yes, bangs. Fringes. Brian has her, more bangs than we do. Her bangs. Her bangs were my problem. She bangs. That's, it was a she bangs kind of question. <laughs> maybe I don't know. But her her boyfriend, who I thought was going to punch me after the show, was approaching me, and he actually shook my hand and said that was some Comedy Central and then expletive. So I've been talking to her about those bangs. Very, Thanks, man. I was very I was very happy about that. Antonio, how about you? I mean, you to make making films can be kind of an insular experience until you get out into the, into the theaters and with Krampus, you get to go out and mingle with the kids on the ice rink. Yeah, it's you know you can only go to so many screenings of your own show, and uh, and you know so what'd you think sitting you know, you in the dark like Howard Hughes? Well, yeah, that you, you can't do that and, and not re- retain any dignity at all. But something like uh, a character like Krampus or whatnot, you, you you go out there and you interact and you you see people's minds are changed, their expectations are defied, and that's that's the biggest gift I give to myself with that immediate feedback. Yeah, immediate feedback, like a little bit scared, and then you don't sound the way they expect. You don't say what they expect. Well, I need you to put your teeth in and give us some Krampus. Oh, okay. 
So, folks, if you haven't seen it, it's on the Radioactive page. But here is uh, Krampus telling you what's coming this season. Well, hello. <laughs> so, Krampus, how do I stay off your list? Well, uh, first you got to mind your parents and uh, your teachers and stuff. Uh, but, you know, you have to have a good amount of rebelliousness in you. But just don't, don't go too far. Just a titch. Just a titch. Just enough to make you interesting because boring kids, uh, yeah, you're on the nice list, but no one cares. So, so to the to the parents out there, how can they utilize Krampus as a motivational tool? Well, what you shouldn't do <laughs> is threaten with Krampus. You can uh, bribe with Krampus. Like, hey, lo, uh, looks like you're uh, building quite a pile of coal this year. We should get a, a wood burning stove for you. What does that mean? Oh, Krampus is going to come by. Oh, and he might give you some spanks. And you're looking for a nice little trip in a basket. <laughs> what happens if I end up in the Krampus basket? Oh, well, traditions vary. But um, the nicest thing that happens is you're taken off to the Black Forest for uh, more discipline. Do I become Krampus cookies? Mm. Well, y- y- there are other traditions that say you're eaten or just sent to hell. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the best question you got from a kid is Krampus? Krampus. Uh, but best so far the best question was, um, uh, do you come for parents? Oh, turning around the Krampus <laughs> on the parents, and what did you say, Krampus? I said absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Let that you, be you a just lesson le- to you. Send me a letter, <laughs> and that address would be Krampus. Address it to Krampus at uh, the South Pole. Yeah, well, <laughs> the warm part of the North Pole, <laughs> uh, Santa will forward. Yeah. We got time for another song from the bookends, but I want to ask the the musicians in the house, Rick Gerber and Jillian Chase, about the the impact of of YouTube and Bandcamp and Facebook and Twitter in terms of giving you more control over your destiny as as musicians. Do you embrace that? Do you like that? Do you see it as a useful tool, or does it get in the way of that personal interaction, Jillian? Um, I, absolutely, it gives you the power to change your destiny. I will say this: it is a necessary beast. Because if I'm being honest, I don't really like to do it, but I know how many more people, how much more people I can reach if I am doing it. And like, I think when you're an artist and you're embracing those things, especially the social media and sharing more parts of your story, that that is really what you're doing is you're just providing people m- more information to latch onto. Because I know with my favorite artists. I want to know more than just the music. I want to know like about their life or just, you know, little little things and I think that stuff um can be a really powerful vehicle like if you're um out there and people are seeing parts of your life and and, and your music that they can latch onto, it can really help you um gain more of a following. At the same time, it's there there are negatives as there are negatives with anything, but you got to take it for the positives yeah. and try to utilize it for the positives. Well, before we get into your your last song here, where can people find you on the interwebs and all that and uh, catch up with your shows? We are online at bookendsslc.com and then Facebook um it's facebook.com/bookendsslc and all of all of our other social medias like Instagram and Twitter and stuff it's just at @bookendsslc okay. we uh where we you play, play next excuse me where are you playing next uh we play uh we we both have our mutual bands um Jillian plays in the Vore and I play in Bad Feather as well as the bookends the bookends will be playing tomorrow at Gracie's from 6 to 9 and then um uh, Lavore will be playing at 
We're playing uh, Thursday at Urban Lounge for the localized showcase. Excellent. And then uh, Badfeather will be playing New Year's Eve at Opie Rockwell. There you go. All right, let's hear this. What do you got for us? To- this is a newer song of ours. and uh, It's called That's What I Am. This, this isn't on the breakup album. This is The Bookends on KRCL. I won't leave you at the altar thirsty for water. I'll throw you low when you are falling. There's a kind of boy that I ain't. Rain in your laughter, your bad jokes are faulty. I'll be by your side when you're a loser winner. And that's the kind of girl that I am. Well, those change in the fountain.
the bookends on 90.9 KRCL. And uh, that just about does it for our December Creativity Showcase with Brian Higgins of Create Real Change. Again, what's happening with Dark Christmas? Uh, Dark Christmas next Tuesday at 7 o'clock at uh, the Broadway. Um, All supporting creativity and mental health. And local films all about Dark Christmas. So what's your one creative creative, uh, choice for getting through the holidays, Brian? Uh, it used to be alcohol, but not anymore. Now it's a deep <laughs> breath and a glass of water. And then you wanted to close with a, a special musical gift. Um, yes, uh, the best Christmas song of all time is uh, by the Pogues and Kirsty McCall, uh, Fairy Tale in New York. So thank you, everybody, for being here and doing the show with us tonight. Emily Means, thank you for helping to produce the show. And Bill Gardner, our volunteer on Tuesday nights. And you for listening. Democracy Now! is next. Have a great night. It's the Pogues, Christy McCall, fairy tale of New York. KRCL. It was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank. An old man said to me, won't see another one. And then I sang a song. I turn my face away and dream about you. God, I'm the lucky one. Came in late to one. I've got a feeling this year's for me and you. So happy Christmas. I love you, baby I can see a better time When all our dreams come true You promised me Broadway was waiting for me You were handsome You were pretty queen of New York City When, when the band, band finished playing They held up for more Sinatra was swinging All the drunk they were singing We kissed on the corner Then danced through the night The boys of the envoy Pity choir were singing Go away, babe And the bells were ringing out For Christmas Day
bringing out for Christmas Day.